Well, welcome to the Empower to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being to ourselves, our families, and our communities. I am J.D. Wilson, and I'm your host. And today on the show, we talk about the movie Yesterday. Um, and sort of. We don't, we don't do a movie review. However, uh, we did want to highlight... Uh, the Yes Day principles and uh, and just talk through uh, one of the oldest ETC principles in the book, which is uh, the power of giving your child yes. And so uh, we're going to talk through that because it's a deep, extensive conversation um, that is uh, really foundational to this way of parenting. And so if you are um, in the world of connected parenting, attachment-centered parenting, trust-centered parenting, whatever you want to call it, um, this is a conversation that uh, is uh, foundational to it. And so we are so excited to uh, talk with you about it today. We've got Mo and Tana Ottinger on uh, the show, and we're going to talk through the power of giving your child yes. Uh, before we do that, don't forget April 9th. The Hope for the Journey Conference is coming up. Uh, the Hope for the Journey Conference is going to be a one-day uh, parenting conference uh, he- headed at uh, TBRI principles um, in a uh, way that is going to uh, be uh, preserved for a month for viewing afterward. Uh, and so if you have not registered yet for the Hope for the Journey Conference, uh, we hope you will head to showhope.org and do that. Uh, our own Mo and Tana Ottinger will be uh, some of the featured speakers speakers, as well as uh, some folks you'll know from being in and around this world for a while. Uh, Darren Jones, Amanda Purvis will be there, um, as well as uh, a whole host of other guests. And so uh, you don't want to miss that. April 9th, go register now at showhope.org. And now the power of giving your child yes with myself, Mo, and Tana Ottinger. Here we go. Well, it is Mo Ottinger, Tana Ottinger, and I, and uh, we are here today to talk about uh, yeses and the power of saying yes and yes days. Um, we were waiting for Jennifer Garner to jump on. She's not come yet. We'll, we'll catch her whenever she comes. Just kidding. She's not coming on here. But uh, if you have seen, uh, if you've opened Netflix in the last, I don't know, month or so, you have probably seen advertisements for the movie, uh, The Yes Day. And I know that those of you who have been around for a long time around ETC, uh, I, I got a lot of texts. I'm sure you guys did too. Like, oh my God, ETC made a movie and Jennifer Garner's in it. Like, uh, and, and no, you know, maybe that was a blown opportunity on our part. Maybe we should have been thinking about making a blockbuster like Hollywood film long ago. We did not do that, but no, we did not. Uh, we <laughs> missed that ship. It has sailed. <laughs> just a slightly different budget than we were able to pull off. But, yeah. um, but I will say, uh, we were pleasantly surprised. I, I watched the movie a little bit hesitantly, um, kind of almost cringing, like, all right, where's, where is this going to get twisted and turned? And it, it wasn't, it was a, it was a good fun, you know, kind of like uh, safe movie for your kids to watch. Uh, Jennifer Garner's super likable. The family, I, I felt like it was a good portrayal that had to be kind of spiced up for Hollywood. Um, uh, not, none of us, like my, my wife and I, Montana, none of us have gotten arrested during a yes day. Uh, I guess I have to say yet because we plan on doing more yes days and who knows in the future. But like we've never been arrested during a yes day, nor has our house uh, been overtaken by foam. But uh, a lot of the principles that were talked about in there, um, oddly enough, are deep-seated foundational ETC principles. And so we felt like it was a good opportunity moment for us to circle back and talk about sort of the deeper meaning behind uh, this principle of, of either a yes day or it really comes down to the, the, the power, the privilege of, 
of parents to say yes to their kids and why do we need to do that? So I'll, I'll kind of start the conversation this way. Obviously, when um, we begin having conversations about connected parenting, attachment-centered parenting, trust-based parenting, all, all of those uh, worlds, one of the most uh, immediate critiques that pops up is, oh God, this is just permissive hippie parenting. We just let your kids do whatever they want and you just, you know, and you just you know, sit by and don't do anything. You don't discipline your kids, nothing like that. Um, that, that really, uh, is, is foundational to like our first class, our first day of class. We do our parent training classes, um, where we introduce the idea of balancing nurture and structure. And so, um, for the sake of just kind of setting a foundation and some context here, Mo, would you mind talking about that, that balance of nurture and structure and why that's so important as we just begin to think about our parenting approach. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think just to keep with the yes, I mean, we, we always kind of say the, the um, nurture is the yes um, and the structure is the nose. And our kids need a balance of both. And, um, and that is imperative. Um, and, and so, uh, they, they, they need boundaries, obviously, um, for development. Um, they need to be, uh, you know, as, as Tina Payne Bryson said, to feel seen, safe, soothed, and secure, yeah. um, yeah. that they, they need that structure. And, and so that is imperative. Um, but the, uh, the nurture side, um, mm-hmm. needs to be, equally in balance. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, the yes day, um, often kind of shows us the imbalance of that for many of us, mm-hmm. um, that we can air one way or the other. Um, and so, um, yeah. One of the things I liked about the, the movie and this, we won't do many spoilers here. We'll attempt to not do the spoilers if you haven't seen it yet, but um, and they say yes a lot. They that say would be yes. The Over the I, course I already of the gave day. two spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll 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 jump around the edges of the spoilers from this point on. But um, one thing, well, there was a couple things I loved. One, um, the mom Jennifer Garner, like she's she's saying no a lot. I mean, that's just the the premise of the movie. And a couple times she's like, "But this is just parenting. This is just parenting." And I so deeply resonated with that. Like we are and need to, to be good parents. Like we have to set structure and boundaries up. That is part of like what it means to show up as a parent is to set up structure and boundaries. Um, But we often, I don't know about y'all, but we often, I often, man can just fall into that trap of like the first word out of my mouth is no. Yeah. And it's, it's necessary sometimes but likely not as often as we say it. And the other thing about the movie that, um, you know, resonates deeply in our family, and I'm guessing for the majority of our listeners, if they're, you know, parenting with a partner um, or there's someone, they're not just single parenting, but they're parenting with someone else, is the good cop, bad cop situation. And how that can just, that triangle and that dynamic can take root in a family where one person maybe more naturally leans towards sort of being more nurturing and one might more naturally lead Mm -hmm. towards being more structured. And um, our kids, I would say all kids, and then I would say especially kids who have experienced any kind of trauma or loss or disruption, really desperately need each caregiver 
to be a balance in and of themselves. Yeah. Like yeah. as a mom, I need to show up as a balance of nurture and structure on my own, apart from whatever Mo is doing. Mm-hmm. And Mo needs to show up as a dad, as a balance of nurture and structure, That's apart right. from yeah. whatever I'm doing. Yeah, It yeah. cannot be good cop, bad cop, pit against mom and dad. That doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't build trust. It doesn't build felt safety. Um, it allows kids to triangulate and sort of pit mom and dad against each other. Like it just doesn't set up a healthy communication and trust building cycle in a family. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the movie highlighted that and that is, you know, that's kind of the beauty of a balance and nurture and structure. Yeah. And yeah. we, and we say at ETC that we, we want to say yes when we can and no, when we have to. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, just, it's funny. And as I just, like, I feel like in so much like the movie, um, I feel like I was always a yes guy mm-hmm. and, and, I feel like I've gone through seasons as a parent where I'm like, oh, I am just a no guy. Yes. And, and uh, yes, <laughs> you know, like it, it's just, just reevaluating of, of, of this. And, and that's the beauty of the yes day. And I think the eye-opening part of a yes day is – I mean, across the board, when we when we have families do this, and and just for me personally, like when you come away from a day of doing yeses, you realize I say no. I feel like nine out of ten times because it's it inconveniences me, and I don't want to say yes. Yeah, you know, like I right. like I just right. say no because that's the that's just the easiest thing to do, and yeah. And like, and so I think that's always the takeaway for me is when I, when I'm really conscious of that, I realize that, man, I'm really out of whack that, mm. that somehow I've gotten lazy. I've gotten tired. I've gotten whatever it is, whatever's going on in my world. And just the easiest thing is no. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, the beauty of the yes day is it kind of, it kind of shows you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, lets you recal- mm-hmm. it helps you recalibrate. Yeah. Well, I, I know for, so, you know, a moment in the movie that I resonated with really deeply was uh, when Jennifer Garner's talking about, I used to be such a yes person. Like I was always yes. And it shows her in her like younger days, just being spontaneous and going on adventures and doing fun stuff all the time. And that's how their relationship had progressed before they got married. And, you know, and they were just, you know, they were great. And then it shows them kind of settled into parenthood. And he's like a risk management, you know, attorney uh, for a company that makes like gadgety kind of like kid toys or whatever. And then, uh, and it just shows her saying no so much. And that, that moment, like I have felt that like, uh, the I felt I felt like the washed up fun guy so much in our family. Like that our kids will see pictures or or dumb videos of me doing ridiculous things from before they were around. And I mean, there have been moments where they're like, "What? Why did? Why aren't you fun anymore? Like, why don't you do fun stuff anymore?" And when we started into ETC, um, you know, our, right out of the gate, the the homework for us was to have a yes day. Now the, the book or the movie talks about this book by Amy Cross Rosenthal called the yes day. And it's, it's kind of a kid's book that, you know, Jennifer Garner had read to her kids and she started doing yes days. The ETC yes day has nothing to do with that. Um, and it's much more based in just being a 
a parental practice that you are, you are doing for your own observation, that you are trying to like chart out, okay, why am I saying no? And can I work on breaking that habit of giving the automatic no's and then figuring out how I can give uh, yeses and how I can also try to keep from killing my kid's spirit when I have to give no's. Um, mm-hmm. And I, just one story from ours. Now, we, I will say, uh, this was y'all's advice to us before we did it the first time, and, and we have given the same advice, and we have continued this. But uh, we have always done sneak attack yes days, and they have yes. been covert. Our kids do not know when they're coming. Our right. kids do not know that they're happening. <laughs> like, that so is right. <laughs> that is one big difference in this is that uh, you might watch the movie and be like, Oh yeah, definitely not. And you might have a personality where you you might have a visceral reaction to telling your kids that and then trying to gear that might be a psychological nightmare for you. So just know when we talk about it at ETC, it is much, much lower key, but I, I can vividly remember uh our kids woke up and I looked at Elizabeth, I thought, did she did you say to the kids that we're having mm-hmm. yesterday? Because they walked in the room, we're like, Can we go get uh, donuts this morning? And I just looked over and I was like, I don't want to get dressed and drive out there and it's unhealthy and y'all are going to be crazy later on. And immediately I, I could see the bullet points of me just being a Grinch about it and living in the future and deciding that this is a terrible idea before I even gave it the opportunity for it to be a fun experience for us. Um, and you know what? Like it was, it was not a bad experience. Like I had no reason to be a Grinch. Like them sharing some power with them and giving them the opportunity to kind of feel some like spontaneous control. Like, can we get donuts? We, we can. Are you serious? Yes. Okay, great. And we, you know, went and got donuts and we sat there and this is when we could eat at, you know, inside of places, just sat there and crushed donuts. And all of us felt so full and sugar crashed after. And we went on a walk afterward in the park and went to the playground and hung out. And so like, you know, later on, there was a request for ice cream for lunch. And what we said was like, hey, you know what? We love ice cream. Uh, that would be great after we get something else in our bellies. If we have, you know, donuts for breakfast and then ice cream for lunch, we might actually just explode. And so let's, why don't we pick out what we want to get and we'll go ahead and like get it from the store, put it in the freezer. And then later on, uh, after we eat some like some good stuff to kind of fill ourselves back up, then we'll have some ice cream. And so, uh that was a principle that you guys kind of talked to us. Tana, it, in, in our class, we call it the yes sandwich. Will you kind of talk about that and explain sort of why we go through that? Um... Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And so um, I, I love the example you just gave because it's basically, I mean, well, it's kind of a little trickery. It's a little parent, it's a little parental trickery. And, um, you know, I, I don't know about y'all, but I don't really enjoy hearing no. Like, I personally don't like to be told no. I don't think really anybody does. I think if you ask somebody something, you know, and the first thing you hear is no, I think the brain just shuts down. You know, certain parts of the brain light up. Like, there's there's something very um, relational and biological and connected about being told no and how we receive it. And so um, I feel like when our kids come to us and place a request, whether it's a want or a need or an idea or a dream or a desire or a compromise or anything, they're taking a tiny bit of a risk there because they're trusting us with something on their mind. 
And how we proceed is can make or break some relational connection and some trust. So celebrating that request or that ask can be done and even if you need to say no. So Mo kind of said like one of our practices is say yes when you can and no when you need to. And sometimes kids need to be told no. And you simply can't make X, Y, and Z happen. Or, you know, for your example, JD, they didn't need to eat ice cream again right then. Right. But you didn't say, oh my goodness, kids, you had sugar for breakfast. You know you shouldn't have sugar twice a day. We can't have sugar for lunch. No, we're going to eat something healthy. And you know that sugar causes cavities. And, you know, what are you Oh, so ungrateful. We just got you donuts and now you want ice cream? No. Look, you (laughs) meet them with just kindness and curiosity and like celebration. So instead of shaming them, yeah. you're celebrating. Yeah. yeah. You're like, like it's ooh, just two totally different. Responses. Totally like, oh, ice cream. I love me some ice cream. Wouldn't ice cream be good? What's your favorite kind of ice cream? Oh, mom, I like, you know, this and this and this. And you're like, oh, ice cream is delicious. I tell you what, let's do. How about we see how fast we can eat our healthy lunch and then we'll get our ice cream. Do you want a scoop or do you want me to? I mean, you're just kind of, you're saying, you know, Yes, to say no, even if it's deferred. Sometimes the, de- the deferred answer needs to be further off. So it could be a situation where, um, you know, a kid asks to go to the store and it's a school night and you know bedtime's coming and you you can't run to Target to look at the latest video game that came out or something, you know, if you've right. got a teenager or a tween. And you're like, sweetie, I'm so glad you asked. I know that's been on your mind. Tell me more about that game. And you just kind of let them tell you all about the latest, you know, Xbox game they're excited about. And then you, oh, show me a video of them. You're just curious and connected around the video game. And then you say, I tell you what, let's do, let's talk about Saturday and let's look at the schedule on Saturday and let's see what time on Saturday we can run to Target. And, you know, go write it on the calendar and tell them yes by deferring the yes to another day. Rather than what I think very naturally and understandably so comes out of our mouth, which is, so we can't do that tonight. Right. And then you're just, it's like so deflated and there's no hope. So I, I really do think a lot about like, what does it mean to have hope deferred? And what does it mean as a parent to sort of allow your kids to have hope deferred and then follow through? And follow through and follow through. And that builds trust. Mm -hmm. So you're getting to say yes tonight. We're going Saturday. You get to say yes on Saturday when you follow through. Mm -hmm. And you get to do it with some joy and delight. Um, Dan Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson, Mm -hmm. he has a little acronym. And I love his acronym. So I'll just say this real quick because it kind of follows through with that. But it's called PART is the acronym P-A-R-T. And it's very much in line with what we're saying, like the, the yes sandwich kind of thing. But it's um, P, you're present for the request. So they've asked for ice cream and you are present and being curious with them. A, you're attuned to the feelings behind the request, meaning that sounds so great. I bet you love you love ice cream, don't you? Oh, I love ice cream too. And you're showing that you That's understand like kind of where they're coming yeah. from with that. Yeah. Totally. Which, which if I can just say that yeah. is often why we don't, we say no, because we, we're not present for yeah. the request. Yeah. We are not, man, What what's behind the question? Totally. Yeah. Like if we're thinking about, right, we're on our phone, we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're, you know, watching a game or whatever. And it's, it's like an interruption. And we are not fully attuned to what 
Mm-hmm. They are asking and yeah. present mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. mm-hmm. it is just flippantly sending them off. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think that's really good. The, yeah, that two. attunement part. Yeah, yeah, just the you're present, you're attuned, you're mm-hmm. resonating with it. Like yeah, you're, that's you're, the R. Yeah, you're, you're, um, What's the word? I don't just affirming. Yeah, you're just affirming. Like, this is a cool, this is a like, reasonable yes, request. Yes, me, this is cool. Tell yeah. me more. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the T of that is it builds trust. Yeah. yeah. And it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. just like, oh, my, and, and, you know, we have, we have been practicing. Let, let me say one thing. For us, switching to being more of a yes-framed family was a major paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a serious paradigm shift. And we'll talk in a few minutes yeah. about like some strategies you can use to shift that paradigm, like some things you could implement to sort of shift that. But what ended up happening is after you do get the practice of like reframing how to even, it takes practice. It is very unnatural for most of us yeah. to practice saying yes um, or to say yes. Then you can say something to a kid like, hey, sweetie, you know, if, um, if mom could say yes to that, I would. I wish I right, could. Right. And so can we kind of come up with a plan? Because that's not going to be something we can do tonight. And what happens for kiddos who struggle to hear no um, and receive no and no is, you know, hurts them or is a, um, you know, is is touching something deep inside of them from their past or, you know, there's any number of reasons why we could think about no might be hard to receive. Yeah. You have a kiddo that has a hard time receiving no. I think it's logical to think, oh, well, they need practice hearing no. And then they're going to be able to receive no with more resilience. Right. Well, it's the exact opposite of that. A kiddo that has a hard time hearing no, they do need the support to get through it if they have to hear it. And it's hard. So walk them through that disappointment in a supportive way. But actually what they need is to hear yes more. And then their window of tolerance is wider because mom and dad have been saying yes. Yeah. And now they need to hear no, and they've got a window of tolerance for it. They have some relational capacity for it. They are exhausted by all the helicoptering knowing they've been getting. And there's trust there. And you can even very gently remind a baby, if I could say yes, I would say yes with so much delight. I'm going to yeah. have to say no this time. Can you trust me in that? And let's figure out a plan. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just because they've used their voice, you've, you know, so yeah. often we've got to, we're, we're, our kiddos are, are having to learn how to use their voice. And like you said earlier, they've, every time they come to us asking, requesting, mm-hmm. whether it's a want or a need, um, for many of our kiddos, that is a, big, big, big step. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and so being attuned and mm-hmm. being present and engaging, you're building the trust mm-hmm. that when the no has to come, like you said, there's, there's greater capacity mm-hmm. because of, because of what you've grown in them. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I, one thing that I didn't really connect uh, with this early on is uh, kind of uh, not coaxing, but like um, teaching your kids, like building building in them the need to use their voice with 
trusted adults to get their needs met um, directly then translates into using their voice to get their needs met with other adults in their lives as they're growing up and then peers as well. And so like the end result is a, you know, hopefully uh, adult who has grown up with this ability to uh, express their voice, have their needs met and to see this is a good thing. I can do this. And when I do use my voice, here's how, here's the results of it. And so it, you know, the, the idea initially seems like it stifles independence and you're killing their spirit. They're never going to understand how to hear no if you do this. In fact, it's, it's the exact opposite building. When I know how to use my words to get my needs met, and I know yep. that there are trusted adults that have my back, that are watching out for me, that, that when they can, they do meet those needs. I, once my brain comes back to maturity and gets to a place where I can uh, reason well, I get to see the full picture of knowing why yes is coming, why no is coming, when yes is coming, when no is coming, how to handle those things. And so, um, you know, what I, I heard this week, uh, I, I'm trying to non-personalize this, but uh, an educator in one of our kids' lives, like, just praising that kid for, you know, always speaking up and asking to clarify questions. And pre-connected parenting me would have gone, well, yeah, that's kind of how, that's kind of how my wife is. Like, of course that kid takes after, you know, takes after her. And uh, in actuality, no, like they're learning to use their voice and they're using that voice and they are, um, masterfully doing so. And and now they're beginning to wade out into bigger waters and use it in a scarier way. Like it's a little bit scarier to do that in a public setting where uh, you're not sure if a teacher or principal or whoever will will listen to your voice. But that, that's a powerful tool to have. Um, we, we mentioned kind of uh, Tina, you know, old friend of the show, uh, our best friend, Tina Bryson and Dan and their book. Um, and all of their books speak to this principle in some form or fashion, but they, they wrote a book called The Yes Brain, which is where the acronym came from. Uh, any, any other thoughts on the kind of the, the brain side of this? And uh, just, you know, as we move into sort of the strategies for how to sort of shift into being more of a yes household, um, any last thoughts on, on, on kind of the, the why behind that? Um, and then let's talk about some strategy. I mean, I, it, it's, it's interesting because thinking back, I mean, it's, it's funny when you've got to like stop for a minute and reflect backwards, mm-hmm. um, which really is kind of what has been interesting about thinking about what happened when we started making this major shift, mm-hmm. um, because it is legitimately a significant shift for many, many families to, to think, oh, it's actually developmentally beneficial Right. For us to support our kids' brain growth. Yeah. By framing things in a positive way, that it isn't making permissive kids. It's making resilient kids. Yes. It's making, it's expanding a window of tolerance. It's strengthening their stress response. It's building resilient brains. Like it's developing trust, which is a, building block for resilience. So like actually, you know, finding that like balance of nurture and structure 
is really about, you know, being the kind of parent that knows when to, to do what your kid needs. And kids who feel seen, safe, soothed, become secure. And so yeah. it is yep. about brain development and child development and relational development and trust development and embracing the power of positivity. I mean, I know that may sound like woo-woo is true. Yes. So just not, we don't have to be negative Nelly to be good parents. And yeah, we, and, and there's just beauty mm-hmm. in helping our kids have a positive mom and dad. And look, I don't, I don't know that Mo and I, we, we didn't know this would come, but it brought joy back mm-hmm. to us personally and as a couple mm-hmm. and as a family. Yeah. Like there was some, I don't know, maybe, would, would you say despair? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was some despair early on when we were sort of reframing things. Yeah. But going, oh, as a parent, we could say yes. (gasps) And like, we can, we can respond yes. Like that, we we have permission to give our kids permission to do some things that we thought you were supposed to say no to. Oh, we don't have to say no to all the things we thought had to be no. Well, like, this is so small that like, this is almost like, so trivial, but like we even have an article on our website about being a band-aid dad, but like mm-hmm. band-aids, right? Like my kids always ask for band-aids. Like, you know, they would show you what they thought was this massive scratch on their hand and you couldn't see anything, but they wanted a band-aid on it. Mm-hmm. Band-aids always made it feel better. And like me being the uh, pragmatic one, I'm sitting here going, man, that is a third $15 box of Band-Aids. You right. know, like they're here. big box of Band-Aids, baby. They are so expensive. Costco. And, it's a Costco Band-Aid. Yeah, box. Like, Costco let's size. stop getting those ones with characters on it because they're more expensive. <laughs> like we're just going to get the plain Band-Aids because we were going through Band-Aids so much. Yeah. But they, they always ask for a Band-Aid on something. But like, mm-hmm. again... For us to be able, for me to be able to say, yes, like if you want 30 Band-Aids on you, you can have 30 Band-Aids. Let's just do it. Yes. Yeah. That And that seems like for those of you that are listening, you might think, man, that is really dumb. That is really, but I was definitely one that was very pragmatic when it came to band Hey, babe, I don't think you need a Band-Aid. Like I was, right. I was, I would say no on Band-Aids. Sure. And I began to say, as we began to make this shift, I was like, I can say yes to Band-Aids. Like we will budget, you know, $30 a month for Band-Aids. We can do this. But you know, there's so much more to that, right? Like my yeah. child, like I am able to say yes. Mm-hmm. I am able to show compassion. Yeah. I am able to meet a need. To give care. I, and, and they're able to put Band-Aids on me. They're learning how yeah. to show empathy and compassion and all those things. Like there is this give and yeah. take. Mm-hmm. Um, they are distraught and I am slowing down. I am with them and I'm meeting that need. And so it's much deeper than band-aids and all that, but that is just a simple, like I really was like, Mm -hmm. I was the band-aid. No, like Mm -hmm. that. No, no more Mm -hmm. band-aids. Like we're, we're rationing those. And Mm -hmm. so, and you know, there's, there's, we've, there's resources about our band-aids and that, that is even (laughs) one of our exercises in our parenting classes around band-aids. So, um, uh, but that was part of uh, um, 
Yeah. I mean, the yes day was kind of our first, when we went through this, however many years ago, 10 years ago, um, having to do our first yes day, like that was the eye opener for us was for us to realize mm-hmm. how often we said no. And man, I remember, I mean, I tell anybody, any parent, like you watch the movie and you're like, man, don't, whoa, we can't mm-hmm. do that. You know, but right. here's, here's the beauty of the yes day is that, um, it's going to show you, I mean, I bet you 80% of my no's were, I didn't need to say no. To. Trivial. Right. Yeah. 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 And man, our day was crazy. Like my kids were like, let's go to the farmer's market. And I'm like, that's 45 minutes away. Like, <laughs> that, that wasn't scheduled. Like, you know, and we're at the farmer's market and like, like, my kids are buying pumpkins and they're, they're buying flowers. They're buying, you know, all those things. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And I mean, we had this, but we had a blast. I mean, we, we basically toured the city that day and did all kinds of awesome. fun things and went to a museum and it was just really fun. The first one you did. The first one we did. Yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget. We came home. <laughs> And Thinking, the, oh man, we just did it. We, we killed it. yesterday. We did it. But our, we used to have a long driveway and the, the mail truck came. And one of my kids who was little said, dad, I want to go get the mail. And I mean, I used to say no to that. Like, no, don't go out by the street. We live on a busy street. No. And I was like, yeah, yes, you can. And I'm going to walk with you. And I hopped up and then mm-hmm. the, we're, we're walking back and my kid says, dad, can we sleep in the pop-up camper tonight in the driveway? <laughs> <laughs> Which can I say was not currently set up when that request no, was made. Oh my yeah. gosh. It was parked on the back 40, closed up. And yeah, you immediately like, checked your watch to see if yesterday had expired yet. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> Totally. But, you know, and, and so, of course, I slept in a camper that night. And, yep. but I think it was just being able to connect with my kids, but mm-hmm. it, but more, it it recalibrated me. It began to show yeah. me like, mm-hmm. man, Mo, you say no a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. really for no good reason. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I need to do, I, I need to re, I need to recalibrate. Some of my favorite, um, communications from people that have gone through the uh, ETC parent class has been like the Saturday when they're doing the yes day. I mean, we'll just get pictures of people all over the city, their kids dressed as ballerinas walking through the zoo and high heels, you know, (laughs) just like all the fun. And, um, I mean, I'll just say... There have been a few puppy dogs. I, I do up, think know. some people have said yes to some pets. <laughs> we do not take responsibility for that. That's right. And That's we, right. <laughs> well, I think it, I think in those instances, the kids have been asking. They've been saying no, and they were they were to yeah. that place where they were ready to say yes, and it, it gave right. them an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'll say a couple quick little just caveats kind of around yesterday. So for those of y'all that are thinking maybe it would be fun to do, again, don't tell your kids it's coming. That's not something we would recommend. And just wake up and be curious about, and, and if you have kids that you are, they, they just are not used to asking you for something because they're going to assume you say no or like that it just isn't the way the family rhythm happens on Saturdays, you can say something like, Hey, sweetie, what do you want to do today? Well, you know, let's. Well, I'm going to try to say yes to whatever you want to do, and like prompt them a little bit, yeah. um, and kind of give them some ideas. I will say, um, and I would say this would be true for you know one or two of our kids, and lots of families will say, "Well, I have a kid that 
just never asks for anything. Yeah. And I think that is an important and needed observation. Mm -hmm. If the kiddo is not placing requests, why aren't they? Like maybe, and and how can you support them in coming up with a day where they might feel like they can get their needs met in a Mm -hmm. different kind of way? So, you know, if they're just not used to being directive or asking or prompting what they want, then you can prompt them. Um, Yeah. Sort of like a scaffolding we talk about where you kind of help them yeah. to so it's, it's probably you leading some asking or asking some leading questions yeah. and yeah. Kind of prompting. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna go out for breakfast. Where do you want to go? You know, yeah. instead of them because they would never say, Can we go to get donuts for breakfast? Right. Right. Um, and then you're and you can even give choices, like if they kind of freeze up. I mean, we have had some families say that their kids have actually like dysregulated. And have gotten maybe a bit out of sorts and somewhat out of control. And um, I think that's also an important observation yeah. because it shows that like what just happened there is mom and dad changed the rules of the game and kiddo was feeling some um, insecurity or um, anxiety or this isn't what we know. And so mom and dad just started saying yes. So just be conscientious and careful. And um, that that's the reason behind not pre- like when you do yeah. the yesterday movie deal and you're like, we're having a yesterday. There's a few guidelines. We can do whatever you want. One, you just, you got to have a big bankroll behind you for all those yeah. requests. But two, yeah. it, that doesn't work for every family, every situation yeah. and every kid. And so that, that is one of the reasons that you, you want to ramp, like you want an on-ramp to yesterday. You don't, you can't just skydive for yesterday right out of the gate, you know? I mean, it could be, um, you know, you you could say, we're going to, you know, go anywhere you want to eat for breakfast. We're going to go do a fun activity in the afternoon. And then we're going to do whatever you want tonight. I mean, you can put some, you know, parameters around it if you need to sort of prompt your kids. Y'all get the idea. I mean, the the goal for yesterday specifically is to see why you as a parent tend to say no. Yeah. And then apply that to the rest of the way you are with your kid. Right. It's not just a one and done explore mm-hmm. exploration activity. It is to help start shifting a paradigm. Well, and, and so I think a great example is just a shift. Like let's just yeah. talk food for Yes. Can we, can we talk of food? Of course. That's a, that, yeah. that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, um, Oftentimes, you know, I feel like we're always saying no around food yeah. or, you know, don't eat this or no, you can't have that right now. Dinner's coming, like da, 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 all those sort of stuff. Yep. And we began to realize that, you know, our kids, they didn't want to just eat at 8 a.m. and 12 p.m. and 6 p.m. and be done, right? Like it's every, mm-hmm. it seems like every 10 minutes there is something they are wanting um, and we would say that that's important, actually, that, that kids need to eat every two hours. Absolutely. So, yeah. That is very yeah. important. And so how could we do that in a way mm-hmm. that, you know, they would they will probably always gravitate toward uh, Little Debbie or, you know, <laughs> Swiss Miss Roll or mm-hmm. Candy Bar or Piece of Chocolate or, you know, all those things. As do adults, and right? So, as, as do we. Yeah, <laughs> they're no different than me. They're no different than me, right? And so, um, you know, for us, it, you know, we've got a, we've got a 
it's now a basket. It used to be a bowl of full of fruit, vegetables, things that they know is always a yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we may have to limit that. They probably don't need to eat 10 bananas in a day, but like yeah. we, can, we can say yes, you know, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, we want to say yes as much as we can. And that was yeah. giving them opportunities. They know what they can mm-hmm. ask for, what's mm-hmm. good. I mean, mm-hmm. the nuts, the almonds, those types of things that. Yeah. Early on, another thing that we did that was like just a major, because we needed a heavy reset is, um, I mean, we did something called a yes jar, which is, is kind of known in the world of empowered to connect and connected parenting and, and TBRI. And it's basically saying, I'm going to fill this jar with things that I can say yes to. And, and this is, this can be a really healing, like incredibly important reset. And so, it's when our older kids were little and we needed like kind of during the same time of like, we got to reframe everything. We sort of set up a, I mean, Mo just kind of said it. We, we had two drawers in our kitchen. We're going to say, oh, I crack up. You know, some people call it a yes jar. Tana called it a yes Rubbermaid tub. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it was, it was, Always or nothing. I don't know. Like go big or go home. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right, right, right. I can't, I can't even pretend to not be who I am. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. Well, I had, then I had th- three or four different opportunities for them yes, to go yeah. to something. Yes. Yeah, that's right, right. So there was like a healthy yes place. And you can, you can, this is always a yes, you know, and then this basket of goodies is a yes once a day. And oh, then, yeah, you know, this jar is a yes all the time. And, you know, it might have gum and some little candies in it or some little dollar store treats or treasures or stickers, or, I mean, this is, our kids were like elementary age or something at yeah. this time. And, um, it, it was good because what it did is it built in like natural opportunities for our kids to risk asking because yeah. they knew the answer would yeah. be yes. So if you've got a kid that is, you know, more timid about asking because they assume it's going to be a no, or they've sort of think grownups always tell me no, it can be like a heavy, hard reset. And you think, oh, they're going to take advantage of it. And they're going to like consume everything or do it all in one day. I mean, and and that might happen for a little while, but I promise you the fun of the yes jar or Rubbermaid tub or basket you have, it'll wear off. Yeah. Um, it does. It did. It wore off. I mean, we did it for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. I think um, I was homeschooling the older kids at the time, and I think probably a good solid year, I kept some yes jars and drawers and baskets of food and stuff kind of filled. Yeah. And pretty soon, we just didn't need that tool anymore. Because again, we were using that as a tool to build trust, to hit reset, to show ourselves to be faithful and trustworthy parents who say yes when we can and no when we need to. And we're going to take the fear away from the ask. We are saying, if you ask for that, the answer will be yes and them risking it was a was a yes that we could give. Um, and I'll say, I mean, we we so we you know we've got we've got older teens, and then we've got two that are younger. Mm-hmm. To, and and I have found like with one of them when they are really struggling and they are afraid to use their voice, like we will we will have to kind of coach this kiddo of saying, hey, yeah. if you will ask we are going to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. almost like we're, 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 we're having to 
all right, there, there's a new muscle that you're going to have mm-hmm. to, you're going to have to use and you can do it. I know it's scary, but I want you to know yeah. you ask, it's going to be yes. And, um, and that, I just don't think we can underestimate, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. a risk, man. It's a risk for some totally. of our kids to use totally. their voice that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So show up, you know, show up big, like yeah. take yeah. a deep breath and use our little acronym, be present, attuned to their feelings, resonate with them, develop that trust, show them that you're there um, and balance that nurture and structure and help our kids risk the ask. Well, as we kind of, kind of go uh, ahead for home here and and wrap up, um, I'd love for us to sort of speak to just a few, uh, whether it's cautions or just kind of things to keep in mind as you get going with this. Um, As we're talking, I feel the need (laughs) to give the caveat that like, I'm talk, I'm sharing some Victoria stories today. The example I I like snarky talked about earlier said like, oh, well, you know, you don't want to respond. Oh, you just had ice cream for breakfast. Now you're asking for it for lunch. This is ridiculous. I said that within the last two weeks. Like I, I can think of an exact <laughs> moment where I was I was not in my right mind. We were so tired. Uh, and the pandemic, I think, has done this to a lot of us uh, over the last year. But I, I snapped at them in a way that was just so unhealthy and unhelpful. And I didn't have some glorious movie moment where I went back and repaired. I kind of had to stumble back with each of them later and just, you know, sort of like, like tail between my legs, like, oh, y'all, I'm sorry. And they're like, we know you and mom were mad. She already apologized. And so this is hard. It is so hard to change habits and, and instincts that you have. Um, one piece of advice I would say that, that I, I would give, it is so helpful to be able to reflect on uh, why and how often um, you say no or why and how often your buttons get pushed during this process of kind of starting in this conversation. So, you know, thinking through, uh, man, this day I said yes about this. I said no about this, no about this. I was so angry about that. When you have these visceral moments, um, take a second, even if it's just, you know, run to the bathroom real quick and make a note in your phone so that once the dust settles on your day a little bit later, you can go back to go, okay, now why was I in this space? Like, why, why did this trigger me so badly? We've talked about this all year long on the show, but that, that reflective self-care of uh, being curious with yourself, figuring out why um, certain things are setting you off is going to help you in the process of, of giving structure and nurture to yourself um, as a parent. And so, um, I mean, that the moments I've had this week of being so frustrated um, as a parent like it has helped to reflect on those and then to bounce back a little bit because then you give yourself a pretty easy win. If you reflect on it, it's going to make it a little bit easier for you to instinctively the next day sort of correct course and go back. So that, that's, that would be my advice as you're, as you're starting into this process. Any thoughts from you guys on just tips or tricks or just fun, like, you know, easy kind of uh, advice as you're starting out? One thing, when you were just talking, J.D., something came to mind that is, is maybe worth thinking about. I don't know that we, well, I'm sure when we first started parenting, we had some expectation that you couldn't go back and change your mind with your kids, you know, and there's a lot of parenting that's like, say what you do and do what you say. Well, when you are trying to learn a new way of reacting, so you're trying not to react and you want to respond, 
we will react in ways that we want to stop and do something differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. can we just sort of say, look, we, we do need to follow through, but it's okay to go to your kid and say, hey, sweetie, when you asked me that, like, I just automatically said no. And I've taken a minute to think about that. And I think that can be a yes. And, you know, I, I want to apologize for reacting and um, I want to give you a different answer now. I'm going to do a redo here. I mean, just to sort of allow ourselves to redo and to feel the freedom to mm-hmm. model for our kids that you can react and you can repair and you can change your mind. You know, So that's, that's one thing I don't think we've talked about around how to say yes when your automatic reaction might be no. Yeah. Yeah, I think just, I mean... JD, just uh, this is like it's such a gift for both sides of this relationship, right? Like you're you're teaching yeah. things for yeah. your kid to learn, you know, and trust is being built. But I know over the last, you know, our last string of episodes, um, there have been a lot of self reflection and a lot of and, and this is. I mean, this is also the real gift here of this tool. I mean, this is a parenting reset. And so, mm. like, don't lose sight of that, right? Like, I don't want people to, to, to like, th- this is a real gift. I mean, this was a, 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 you know, for us, it seems so crazy when we, when we went through, you know, first it came to ETC and, however many years, 10, 11, 12 years ago, and we had to go do this yes day. And it just seems so mind boggling. Yeah. But to stop and reflect. And oftentimes we talk about having a growth mindset. And mm-hmm. I just think sometimes we as, I mean, not sometimes, a lot of parents just get in a rut and we yeah. just kind of go and go and go mm-hmm. and we can look up and man, a year's gone by to you. And like, I just, on a bigger scale, just the growth mindset mm-hmm. of like, man, this is, this is going to help my relationship with my kids. Mm-hmm. It's going to help my kids. It's going to help me grow as a person. Yeah. Just to have a growth mindset of man, enter into this and see what you're going to learn about yourself and, mm-hmm. and what's, what, what it's showing you. You know, it, it, when you said that, the other thing that's interesting is this isn't, I mean, this supports kids behavior too. I mean, Mo said, don't lose sight of that. I will say, I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that our kids behave perfectly all the time. They don't. They have struggles. Right. They do have struggles. As we as parents. Yes, they do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. (laughs) Don't do this perfectly. But I think we can genuinely say we very seldom have to say no, Hmm. which is not where we were when we started parenting this way. Like, as a set of parents... We very, very, very seldomly have to say no. And I think it's probably a combination of we've realized we don't need to say it as much as we thought we did. Yeah. And our kids are not putting us in a position of needing to say it as much as we thought they did. Yeah. Or maybe as they did, because everything's been reset. And when they hear no, not all the time. Sometimes hearing no is still hard and disappointment is real and we will walk through that disappointment together. But don't buy into the potential lie that if you say yes, you will spoil your kids and they will become behavioral problems. Now, 
you know, if you say no, stick with it. Don't, you know, don't let them maneuver out of, out of hearing no, you know, that, that does set you up for some, you know, a battle of control. So, you know, if you need to say no, say no, because they, kids need structure. Um, anyway, that's what I would say. Awesome. Say yes when you can and no when you need to. That's great. Well, that's going to do it for us uh, today on this conversation. We will be back next week uh, for more on the ETC podcast. Well, a big thanks to Mo and Tana for uh, today's episode. And uh, man, just really struck again, um, as often happens, and I'm sure this happens to you as well, um, as, the, <laughs> as we're going through this week, getting ready for this episode, and even in the aftermath of it, uh, the principles that we talked about today uh, were just front and center in our parenting. And so I will, I will tell you, um, in full disclosure, man, I have failed at this this week some, uh, but after recording the episode and having my own little refresher course on it, um, had an awesome opportunity to uh, use these principles this, this last couple of days. And so I will say... Um, um, this work is hard. It is difficult to change paradigms, to change the way that you're doing things, but keep going. You are going to make it. Um, and uh, all you need to remember is that this resilience is built in parents, just like a kid. It, it is in kids, uh, little by little by little. And so uh, I really do hope that you enjoyed the episode today. If you have any questions about what we talked about, you want to comment on it, um, you got ideas for guests that we should have on or uh, topics we should talk about, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, you can find uh, places to give us feedback, uh, either through the reviews on Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Uh, you can catch us um, on YouTube as well. You can jump in the comment section there uh, on Instagram, Facebook, or of course on our website, empoweredtoconnect.org, where there is a comment form submission um, on our podcast page. So uh, again, hope you all enjoyed it. We can't wait to do with you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast. For Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers our audio. For Tad Jewett, who created the music behind the ETC podcast. Uh, and for Moentana Ottinger and everybody at ETC, I'm J.D. Wilson. We will see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast.